As a sports dietitian, I've worked with many female athletes and a consideration that needs to come in place is the menstrual cycle and how that can potentially impact not only training, but the dietary aspect as well. And that's why I wanted to do this episode today. I wanted to touch upon the, the key considerations or the kind of fundamental considerations you may need to make when it comes to your menstrual cycle and your diet. Okay, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome to the Reach a Peak podcast experience. This podcast is for athletes of all levels who want to level up their nutrition to level up their game. Join me as I explore the world of nutrition, health, and performance. Each week, I dive into a new topic to help expand your knowledge, separate truth from myth, and change your perspective so you can start winning the right way and reach your peak potential. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian nutrition coach. Let's go. Welcome back to the Reach a Peak podcast experience. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian and nutritionist. And today, as I said, we're talking the menstrual cycle and dieting, which you may not know, but what you may need to know <laughs> to, to help improve yourself, okay? So female athletes not only have to contend with their competition, obviously, and the complexities of sports nutrition strategy and fueling principles in themselves, they also have to take in consideration their menstrual cycle health and the hormone part of the equation when it comes to assessing your progress and not only that, but better understanding your body and the training and dieting with intent as well as a result of that. In my time as a sports dietitian, I found that unfortunately too little time has been provided by health professionals to help their female clients understand the complexities of menstruation when it comes to the considerations relating to exercise performance and dieting contexts. And that's why I want to reveal the potential considerations and outcomes you may experience with your nutrition across the menstrual cycle. The aim basically is for you to better in, in, interpret your progress, your results, and understand how your body operates beyond just movement and eating basics, you know, quote unquote. So let's get straight into it. Let's discuss the menstrual cycle Let's talk about the considerations around the menstrual cycle that you may need to know to give yourself a bit of an um, a bit of an edge when it comes to understanding your body, but also for any potential changes you might need to make around your training or even maybe even around your nutrition. Again, I will preface this by saying this is not advice specifically to you. I'm trying to talk in terms of general generalities today, so I can give you context, something for you to kind of grab and then move on with in terms of considering as you go forward. That's the name of the game, okay? Let's get straight into it. So let's just think of the menstrual cycle. Let's just kind of think of like a, a month period just to make it easy from a, from a calculations point of view and just from a you know, from visualization point of view. Think of like a month. You just split that in the middle. That's when ovulation occurs, right? So you've got your first half of the menstrual cycle, which is the follicular phase. And then you've got your luteal phase, which is the second half. Now, throughout this process, the hormones throughout this kind of cycle is going to vary. Now, we're going to specifically talk about estrogen, and estrogen actually starts peaking and going up and up and peaks around the time when you are ovulating. So what happens is a lot of, a lot of women will find that they feel their best in that first half of the menstrual cycle, you know, that first one to two weeks. That's when they'll feel their best in terms of just generally, but also from a performance point of view. Perhaps in the gym, you'll feel stronger, you'll feel fitter, you'll feel more 
on point, for lack of a better word. And you'll find that potentially in that first phase as you approach you know, ovulation, and that ovulation might even reach your peak kind of performance, you might notice you're hitting you know, personal records, you know, PRs, PBs, whatever you want to call them. You're, you're, you're doing your best in terms of your sport. You're potentially doing your best in the gym. You're just feeling good from a physical point of view. And from a dietary point of view, as long as you're doing the right plan and all this sort of stuff, you'll generally feel like it's kind of on cruise control during that first week or two up until that, you know, ovulation occurs. And then, like you said, feel your best performance at that time. Not everyone, but, you know, and I will, I will talk about some context in a second. But then you've got your luteal phase. So that's the, the weeks three and four. So like I said, we're splitting it across four weeks to make it nice easier, but I understand that the menstrual cycle is not exactly like that. 100% understand yours could be different. You know, your friends would be different, et cetera, et cetera. So I completely understand that. But weeks three and four is when a lot of women start to feel, especially in that, that week four, when you're getting um, pre, uh, premenstrual syndrome, okay, or PMS, as you would know, that's when you start noticing that your physical state, so to speak, is going a bit more downwards compared to what it was before. In other words, you're noticing performance is going down, strength is going down. You're not feeling on top of things as much as, as you were before when it comes to your physical performance. You're, you're just not feeling like the same self as you were in the first half. The physiologies are different. You just feel different, okay? And therefore, you're not going to potentially be able to perform as well as you would in the first two weeks. And this is a natural part that affects a lot of female athletes, and I've seen it. You know, I've, I've talked to clients about this, and in fact, I recently had a conversation with a client about understanding, understanding uh, cravings and the changes in hunger across the cycle, which I'm going to touch upon in a second as well. And this all kind of started to fit into place. It started to make sense, started to give them a perspective on terms of what's actually going on. But that's when you'll notice that performance is diminishing. For lack of a better word, it's in a nutshell, say that in a little phase, weeks three and four is when your performance starts going down in preparation for menses. Now, when it comes to dietary considerations around this, this is when your metabolic rate may go up as well. And because your metabolic rate goes up around PMS, what happens is cravings go higher. You start getting hungrier easily, and you might even have intense levels of cravings. And now this is where I've got to preface this by saying as well, this is all individual as well. Around, you know, around the uh, PMS state, what happens is some, some women, it will be you know, really kind of severe, and they'll find that you know, their, their mood is down, they're more irritable, their performance is down, they're just not feeling themselves and cravings going up, whereas others, it doesn't really affect them as much. So again, context, everyone's different. Just understand that in terms of everything that we're talking about today. But what happens is I've found a lot of, a lot of women can actually find themselves feeling a lot more peckish for a lack of a better word, you know, craving a lot of foods around that time, around that week four. And what happens is this is because of the metabolic rate going up, you know, your metabolism for lack of a better word, it's going up. And technically your body needs, you know, more, more calories. And that's why sometimes there's some considerations where you can maybe add in, you know, 200, 300 calories more. And this is like, again, general, not advice, 200, 300 calories, which, you know, could be some snacks here and there, just saying that's strategic. You know, you don't want to go overboard because that can obviously diminish the results you're doing. That can offset what dietary aspects you've done in the past. But, but you want to be understanding that maybe around that week three or four, you could technically ease things off a bit. So you could maybe go more stricter with dieting the first two weeks and then less strict in the weeks three to four. You could do that potentially. 
Or you could maybe just around your week four when you start noticing those cravings, you could consider the fact that maybe adding in a bit of fruit here and there or yogurt here and there, it's something that gives you around that 200, 300 or so calories, whatever it may be for you that you find kind of um, ticks the box, so to speak. That could be a worthwhile consideration to help keep you on track and avoid any big kind of binges or falling off track or, or the mental issues that may come from constant dieting as well. So again, doesn't mean you have to do it. It's just something that you could potentially consider because now you can see that not only will things vary across the menstrual cycle, you're potentially dealing with two different states of two different feelings or two different performances and dietary considerations depending on how it influences you. But now what we want to talk about is the fact that even though I've said this, when you look at technically you might you know search some of this stuff up, you'll find that there is some evidence to say that the level of difference may not be actually as practically relevant, even though it is statistically significant in terms of what we've found, might not be practically relevant in terms of you know what the meta-analyses may say. But what I say to that is, while that may be true and that we don't want to over-fixate on, oh, this is, you know, this is what physiologically happens, therefore this is probably what you can expect, the fact of the matter is that your individual circumstances will be the key thing here. How you feel is how you feel, okay? And no one can say otherwise to that. So you'll know your body best, and therefore you'll know if it impacts you in that way. So I just want you to take the context of what we talked about here and, and go, does this feel like it fits into what I'm feeling? And if it does, then maybe you can start putting some of these considerations in place. Uh, you can obviously reach out to me if you want to work with a dietitian to help you throughout this and guide you and take, it to, to take the guesswork, so to speak, out of the nutrition aspect. Obviously, with training, you obviously might have someone else um, that's doing that because that's not my domain. And, and with that, you want to understand that you want to expect that things may change throughout the menstrual cycle and that that is okay. Don't be hard on yourself. Do your best. Adjust when needed or as you can to see if it helps. But don't be hard on yourself because the reality is that things will be different from weeks one to two to weeks three to four. And that's why they say, you know, if you're comparing yourself throughout the month, try not do, you know, comparing from... The, uh, how you are during the follicular phase compared to the luteal phase. Because if you do that, you're comparing potentially two different versions of you, even though it's not that extreme. That's just to kind of, uh, that's just hyperbolic to illustrate a point. You might want to compare your, your follicular phase you this month to the next month and then et cetera for the other weeks as well. That could be a worthwhile thing to do if you're going to compare how you're progressing over time. Uh, with weight, you know, there can be differences in weight as well, fluctuations around hormones as well. So keep that in mind. You know, you'll notice that weight may may shift differently across your menstrual cycle. So you want to keep on top of that because that way you can put context in terms of what you're seeing. You're not going, oh, why is it going up all of a sudden? And then and then being discouraged when in fact it could be just saying that's, you know, part of the part of the cycle, part of the routine. So yeah, hope this has helped. I didn't want to delve into too much, you know, too much specific science there. I wanted to kind of keep this nice and level, something that you can kind of just listen to, try and take on, on board some of the considerations I talked about, understand the impacts that that your menstrual cycle will have potentially on training and your diet. So then now you can go out and, and have more context when it comes to interpreting how you're progressing. You know, have more context in terms of how do you, as a female athlete, how do you now have to consider when it comes to the menstrual cycle and what you need to be doing? Okay, that's all it comes down to. So I really hope it's helped you out. I hope it's clarified things. Obviously, if you are needing any more clarifications, feel free to reach out. Okay, in the description notes below, you'll find my details, my email, or Instagram's always a good one. I'm always on there. So you can always DM me on Instagram and just get in touch and then we'll, we'll have a chat. We'll see where we go to from there. But yeah, hope this has helped you out. 
And yeah, until next time, have a good one. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast so you can stay up to date whenever I drop an episode. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You can also find me on socials where I regularly post valuable sports nutrition content to help you elevate your sports game, elevate your nutrition game, and reach your peak potential. Simply search for The Climbing Dietitian and be sure to click follow. Until next time, stay safe and stay